Wishing you all a super warm welcome to Connecting with Purpose, where we connect with winners and thought leaders from multiple sectors to provide you with a 360 degree view on purpose. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Our purpose, to inspire you to unlock your potential and optimize your performance and impact. Well, welcome everybody uh, to episode eight um, of Connecting with Purpose. And today I'm really excited to be joined by uh, JP O'Brien, um, somebody I've only known for probably four or five months, um, who is the founder and CEO of Black Lab Sports and also Me Biosciences. Um, and JP is just one of these inspirational entrepreneurs, connectors, um, and investors that's fully driven by purpose. So couldn't really be a better guest um, to welcome to episode eight. So uh, JP, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Absolutely. Well, if you've seen any of our prior episodes, um, you'll know that we don't sort of ask everyone to talk us through their career and and, and bio. Um, As impressive as it is um, for you, what I'd like to do instead is have you think back um, on your experiences, on your career, um, and pick out uh, what we call magic moments. So probably pick out three, um, if you can, magic moments. Um, magic moments we would define as kind of, um, well, defining moments, so defining experiences. If you're going to give them a score, um, you give them a 10 out of 10 as, as an experience as you look back on it, uh, because it was pivotal for whatever reason, um, you know, in your, in your career or your personal professional life. Um, so the the challenge is three magic moments. What was it about them that made it magic? And if you had to give each of them a name, what would you call them? Mm, okay. So I thought about this when I watched a couple of the other episodes. Um, I decided to take my own stent on it, which is I'm going to only talk about the past decade. Because I think for me, I'm always looking at, you know, you have to have at least three magic moments each decade. I could talk about when I was a kid, but I'm going to just focus on the last decade. Um, and the first one is about eight years ago. And um, what happened was I, I really went down this, what I call core purpose search. And so it'll be kind of a key topic for our conversation today. But as life does, it provided me an opportunity to think about what was going to be part two of my life. You know, I had done a bunch of startups. I'd done an investment bank. I did amazing things. And I had a family growing and all this stuff. But I really was kind of struck with this aha moment about like, wait, what am I really doing and what is my purpose? And for me, what what I did was I started reading a ton about all these amazing people who had changed kind of the trajectory of humanity and, and our existence, you know, artists like Da Vinci and, you know, scientists like Feynman and Einstein and, you know, people that, you know, in the great American explosion, like, you know, Carnegie and, and whatnot. And so what, what was it about them that made them so not just special, but made them really create this step function change in humanity. And mm-hmm. so for me, anyway, when I went down that path, um, I found my purpose, uh, which I know we'll talk about later, but just to highlight it here is to unleash the greatness in the people around me. And with that, it was an absolute 10 out of 10 moment. Um, and I call it finding purpose that, Ever since, I've never looked back. Every morning, I know that's my purpose. That's what I get up to do. Uh, my relationships, the work I do is all centered around that uh, that moment. So that's number one. Brilliant. Um, number two, and, and you know, I'm a kind of a lifelong learner. And so, um, and sometimes I'm really slow, actually. <laughs> the second one is about me finally um, not being so stubborn, but asking my brother, 
his name is Jude Sky, uh, and he actually he's a he's a teacher and a healer. He actually teaches in the Lakota tradition. Um, and he'd been talking to me about mindfulness and meditation for years, for decades. And I was kind of, I was on this high tech path and exponential technologies. And, and it wasn't until I found my purpose that I said, wait a minute, maybe I should learn about this meditation thing. And, um, and so I actually, you know, kind of humbly went to him and said, Hey, you know, Jude, can you teach me about this meditation thing? And he brought me in and, and, uh, sat me down and, and taught me how to do my very first meditation. And since then that was about, about the same time, about seven years ago now, maybe six and a half years ago, that has changed what I think of consciousness and reality um, and uh, all the different learnings that's come through it since then has been amazing. So that's number two is uh, learning to meditate. And the third one um, was about three years ago. And this was uh, another life giving an opportunity. Um, I found this bump on my head. And I was like, wow, that's gross. Is that like a pimple or something? I'm like, I'm in the shower trying to get rid of it. <laughs> and uh, it's not going anywhere. So I go to the doctor. I'm having a physical. And, and I say, you know, can you get rid of that? And so he does the same thing. tries to pop it. And he's like, ah, just go to the dermatologist. Get it cut out. It's kind of right on the belt line. So I go to the dermatologist. Long story short, it ends up being a hydrodenocarcinoma, which is a super rare form of cancer. It's a tumor in my sweat gland. And um, he cuts it out. He doesn't know at first. He's like, yeah, it's fine, nothing. And then he calls me back two weeks later. You've got to get in here. You know, that was a cancer tumor, and we don't have clean margins. And so it sent me down this amazing path of cancer, and not just cancer, but research. And being a learner, I wanted to learn all about this. Really, one of the, as my wife says, JP, you can't do anything kind of generic. You always have to go the unique way. <laughs> this was a very rare uh, thing. And, and by the way, don't look it up on Google because it'll tell you that 70% of the people that have this are dead in three years. Um, mostly because it's so rare and it looks like a pimple and on the back of your neck or something and you don't take care of it and next thing you know, metastasizes. Anyway, the thing that set me off about that was, in this one I would say it's about nutrition and what we eat. I've learned since then, you know, 95% of all epigenetic um, expression in your body is driven about your environment. And that's number one about your food and your nutrition your environment, how you sleep, environment, what you think, environment, who you surround yourself with, your environment, what you breathe. Um, and these things are so important, and yet we do not, in our society, focus on them. We focus on, you know, big food and big pharma in ways that increase revenues and profits. Um, and I think, it, to me, the, the kind of the highlight, and that's actually why we started New Biosciences, was, wait a minute, we can actually, re we can change the dialogue, but really understanding what's personalized for us and how to change what we eat and how we basically integrate uh, with the environment around us. So those are the three things. Awesome. Uh, there, wow. I can, uh, yeah, I, I've got to put you right up there on a 10 out of 10 for guests in terms of picking three incredibly um, relevant magic moments. And that's just from this decade. So we could have a whole podcast, I'm sure, on, on, on all the others. Um, but just, just picking up on, on the last one, um, because that's, you know, opening a world up to you of, um, well, potentially, you know, fear, but opportunity and learning and everything else that ultimately resulted in you founding me Biosciences. So, um, and I'd like to talk about Black Dog as well, but like, just talk us through how you go from um, realising you've got a tumour to actually 
founding a company to to change this dialogue um and and what yeah and what and what are you doing at me biosciences off the back of that experience that you've had essentially to try and um you know change the style of other people yeah well so the foundation of black lab is about finding working on hard problems hard and messy problems and using first principles thinking to really think about the problem itself uh so not the symptom so a classic scenario would be for example Hey, I have psoriasis. I've got a skin condition. Well, today's pharma, we, we just put we put a lotion on that to try to take care of it. But meanwhile, the truth is that psoriasis actually gets generated from gut inflammation. So we have to fix the gut if we want to get rid of psoriasis. And yeah. so instead of trying to address the symptom, we're trying to stress the, the problem. So going into the cancer piece, you know, Dr. Robinson's awesome group down there said, hey, you should try these different things. We're not sure. Is it chemo? Is it radiation? You know, what, what should we do? And I said, well, before we do that, like, can we ask the, the basic problems? Like, why is it there? And he said, listen, this is really rare. We don't know. It's like, okay. Well, why now? He's like, again, you probably bumped your hip when you were a kid. Um, it's just starting to flag now and it's starting to grow. It's like, okay, well, why is it growing? And he said, well, it's because you're feeding it. I said, well, let's we'll stop there. Like, I want to stop feeding it then. How do we do that? He's like, well, it's probably what you're eating. Okay. Well, why didn't we start there? <laughs> and so that's kind of how we think about things. And so when I started digging, digging more into it, I, I took all my blood, I got my labs done, I did all my DNA and my genomics and epigenetics to see what was expressing. And I found out that for me, my diet, which hadn't changed, um, I was born in France, so I like my croissants and my you know butter, and but simple carbohydrates were spiking my glucose. And that was the fuel, that was the sugar that was fueling this tumor. So I just had to change my diet and eliminate those simple carbohydrates. I lost a ton of weight. I got in really good shape. Um, the tumor's gone. And so all these things happened because of that. And that, that triggered this aha wound. Like, wait a minute. I personally went through this scenario. How many other people are going through a scenario, right? Whether it's, you know, diabetes or surgery or, you know, trying to perform optimally, not sleeping well at night, having psoriasis, depression. Did you know, you know, um, our serotonin is built, at, again, generated in our gut. So if we have an unhealthy gut, we can't actually have that happy juice. So these are the things that like, I had no idea about. Three years ago, I had no idea. And so once you, for me, once we kind of pop into a problem set, kind of acute problem, we understand the basis of these first principles. Then the question is, well, what could we do to solve that root problem? Um, and for us, it was about building a, 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 a company that can diagnose using labs and other things like genetics and, and uh, epigenetics. Uh, actually can use science in the literature that's already been done to come up with the recommendations of what you should do and then be able to actually manufacture, create the supply chain to manufacture and deliver these solutions for the individual. And so that's what we built. Hmm. Why is it, do you think, that there's not more mainstream approaches like that that are really looking at first principles and getting to the the core of the problem providing direct solutions on it rather than essentially just as you said they're either addressing a symptom um or essentially it's kind of like helping you feel a little bit better but actually not preventing the problem in the first place why isn't there more just root core root kind of prevention companies out there why is that not mainstream do you think well i think there's two things going on here one is that we have amazing you know, inventors out there and forever, like it's the, it's the post-it note example, right? Hey, we created this glue, but now so we have a solution, you know, this glue sticks, but doesn't stick. <laughs> um, 
what are we going to do with it? And so then they look for the problem. And that's kind of been taught. So Plato and, you know, even, you know, Viagra, all these things were built on a completely different idea. And then it didn't work for that idea. And so then they're trying to find a solution. So that is something that's happened mainstream. That's probably generally pretty new to, to science. Um, you know, the second thing, um, I don't think it's, I, I think most scientists really like the scientific process and, and, and thinking about the problem first. I don't think that's, but um, I'm not sure business rewards that, mm. right? So, you know, if, if you, uh, I'll just use the food example, you know, um, the top 25 food producers in the U.S., something like 80%, I think it's even more, 84% of the foods that they manufacture are considered to be uh, 100% uh, basically have no nutritional value. Hmm. So why would they produce those things, you know, that are sugar and salt because they want to sell more of it that people yeah. will eat, right? So it's this revenue-driven concept versus this human potential and human optimization. Again, I'm not trying to villainize anybody. Those individuals are trying to do great things. It's just I think what we've kind of fallen into. Well, and I suppose the, the reality is if the revenue's there, the demand's there. If the demand's there, that's the culture of that society um, that's going to buy that stuff because that's what they're used to buying. That's what other people buy. It's that, That's the norm. And yeah. so... So I suppose a lot of these types of things ultimately come down to to, to changing culture. Um, and, and I suppose the cultures that you are involved with, right, whether it's, um, you know, through Black Lab or Me Biosciences, the companies that you invest in um, would have very much um, purpose-driven cultures, very intentional cultures that are aimed to achieve a specific um, type of impact. Um, and it's all around human potential. So... What are, um, in your opinion, what are some of the things that are just fundamental best practices or, if you like, core drivers of, of human potential, um, if you had to summarize those for the broader audience? Well, when we look at human potential, it's a couple of things. One, it's kind of easily to say it's about mind, body, heart, spirit. Like, So how do you individually understand about up-leveling that? Um, so it doesn't mean everyone needs to get to a certain level or a certain distance or jump a certain height or lift a certain weight or read a certain speed. It means for yourself, are you at a place or do you want to learn and grow? So it's this growth mindset. Um, from, from our perspective, from an investment perspective, we're looking very specifically at a couple of core themes. One is vitality. So this is around the kind of optimization of health, uh, living as long as you can, as healthy as you can. Uh, it's around consciousness. So again, up-leveling our, our ability to understand what consciousness is, is and being not just for ourselves, but for our, our communities, our families, our societies, and hopefully the globe. Um, and then it's things like community and environment, where how we actually interact interact rate with the system. And, and I think so that's how we think about it today. And it's going to evolve. Like, for example, we just saw what William Shackner go to the, to, you know, the first time he finally went out of space today. And he came back and the first thing he says, everyone has to do this. Well, if everyone has to do this, <laughs> then everyone's going to space, right, it, to be able to experience this new consciousness. Well, is that the next level of optimization? So this will change forever uh, as a species. What are some of the connections? Um, you know, if everything's a system, if everyone's connected, everything's connected. What do you think are some of the core connections between vitality, uh, consciousness, community, and the environment like do you ever look at all four of those things together holistically 
or are you uh, in particular companies just just focusing on one thing because at the end of the day that one thing is still connected to the other so how, how do you see those things kind of connecting together and are there companies or individuals that you work with where they have a really holistic approach to tackling all four of those things yeah, it's, it's all connected. And I think there's there's two different ways. You can be super focused on a certain area, but understand how you connect to the system or you can try to offer those platforms. Um, so it's 100% connected. Um, when I think about, uh, you know, from a thesis perspective, it always starts with, like, know thyself, right? As simple as that is, right? Go back to Aristotle. Yeah. But how do you really know yourself? And once, so imagine a person who's kind of blind to the world, right? They're doing their thing. Maybe maybe their name is JP. Maybe they're 45 and they've been pretty good at starting companies and raising a family and he thinks he's in charge of his life. But meanwhile, he's just been kind of doing the things that kind of showed up in front of him. Mm-hmm. Not almost a little asleep, right? Just kind of gets up and does his thing and goes to sleep and gets up and does his thing. And so all of a sudden he's kind of on this treadmill. And if, I think it starts in all these situations with, can you get the individual to actually start to wake up to whatever that next level of and say, wait a minute, there's something else here. And, and we always start with purpose. And so the dialogue has always been around what's your purpose. And a lot of people, 80% of people say, huh, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. Mm. 18% of people say, uh, you know, I'm actually kind of in that dialogue with myself right now, working on it. And then 2% of people say, it's this. Um, and for us, that's kind of a great launching off place for anybody, uh, regardless of where you are in that system. Um, well, yeah, definitely preaching to the inverted here, because I, I, I think I could tie tie most things to purpose. And, and if someone was going to ask me that question, well, I haven't got anywhere near the amount of information <laughs> you've got on, on those four domains, um, I would have tied them to purpose because you can. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, for everybody it does start with this deep self-reflection and understanding yourself. When you think about purpose, um, and let's say, let's use an example. If you're, if you're working with a founder, you're an investor and you're working with a founder of an organization, um, how do you either assess or take them through a purpose discovery process? Like what, what are the things that you guys look at when you're, when you're going through that process? You know, I think even the conversation, the question of, you know, have you been through that, uh, you know, is a great activator. Um, and then having that dialogue about, well, how did you come up with that? And I'll give you a, a small story. I met this amazing entrepreneur, female entrepreneur, um, very successful. And she had just started her third company. It was in stadium security surveillance um, technology. She had cameras all over and it was looked like something like the matrix. And, and, uh, I said, this is amazing. What's your purpose? And she said, well, my purpose is actually to serve underprivileged uh, women in Africa. I said, wow, that's amazing. I was like, how does that align with this company? And she couldn't connect it to, she's like, well, it really doesn't besides maybe providing some resource. And she was such a phenomenal entrepreneur and leader and change maker and thinker doer that my only recommendation to her was like, find a CEO to take that company on. And do that, but don't spend another minute without going after your purpose because you will change. You will make so much dramatic change in the world by going after given who you are, given your strengths and your abilities. So that's how we start, which is, is your purpose aligned with the meaningful work you're doing? 
even if you're really good at running video conferences or video surveillance, is it really aligned? And if it's not, spend the time, take the time to go figure out work that's going to be meaningful for that. Yeah, got it. So, so obviously starting with the question, um, what is your purpose? And then if somebody has it, asking how they got there, and then if it sounds like that is truly authentic to them, how well is it aligned actually to what it is that this business is doing and, and that they're spending probably a vast majority of their, their time and energy on? Um, so not too not dissimilar to us, and we'll, 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 we'll unpack that a little bit later. Um, but the other thing I like about um, if you have one area of focus in terms of um, people that you interact with, communities that you build, businesses you invest in, it comes down to this thinker doer, um, um, well, not mindset, but trait, I suppose, or characteristic that, that people have. Um, how did how did you land on thinker doer? Um, uh, maybe how did you become a thinker doer? If that's a, a bit of a, a a different way of looking at it, um, and, and what is it about that that you feel is that's the thing to invest in? Yeah. So let me answer. Let me. I'm going to answer that. Let me answer one more thing, which is you kind of asked it last time. It's like, what if they don't have it? Or what if, how do you, not just evaluate it, but how do you walk somebody through that? So I think it's important mm-hmm. to let me launch into the thinker doer side, which is if someone falls into that, like that 18%, like, hey, I'm working through this, uh, we do have a mastermind group. And so we walk through people, we have a framework and a kind of, not a curriculum, but basically a language around coming up with things um, and understanding what that is. We have a whole, we have a partnership with a company called Value Mentors, which really help you discover your true values. Uh, not just your prescribed or what you think are your values. Uh, and then that's the values are actually the foundation. They're the first principles of your purpose anyway, right? So we, we, we have these methodologies to kind of get into. Um, but really, I feel like part of our job is to inspire, activate, and enable people, these thinker-doers, to, to really unleash, right, and to, to figure out themselves. On the other side of this, the thinker-doer side is how do you become one? You know, thinking is actually a really interesting perspective because in meditation, right, the whole point is, not to like overthink, um, and so the words, our English words, are a little bit, uh, are a little bit messed up. But um, let me give you the background. The idea of thinker doers is is somebody who thinks deeply or uses cognitive their tools to to challenge these problems deeply, not just to take on face value the the either conventional wisdom or uh, what they were taught in middle school or in high school or in college. Uh, as we've seen, even in black holes in the past two months, like everything we know about them is different now, right? So it's going to be different than what we were taught. Are you are, are you a deep explorer? Are you curious? And so that's the thinking side. And the doer is, I don't want you just to be a philosopher. I want you to be able to get in the weeds and execute. Are you an executor? Can you figure that out? Can you, whether that's through delegation or it's because you're a great software developer or you're a great artist or you're a great special forces operator or you're a great athlete, but are you in the doing side of it? whatever that doing is, and have you figured that out? And so I think that's a really important part of, again, knowing yourselves, like, are you willing to go challenge? And are you willing to understand and take on an entrepreneur, if you will, what it is that you're great at? Yeah, because it's, it, it, it's not that necessarily it's easy to come up with a great idea, but a great idea is just a great idea, unless you get other people to actually convene around it and help you move it forward. And whether it's you that are implementing it, or you're, as you said, you've got other people to implement it, what's the point of having the idea if you actually don't do anything with it? Um, and certainly there's no point in investing in an idea if there isn't a, a pathway to, to be able to implement it and bring it to life or to, to at least to test it, right? Um, so, so I get that. And I, and I appreciate you going into the, um, the headlines of the process. Um, when you talk about values, um, 
and you say you're probably starting with values as being one of the core foundational components of understanding what your what your purpose is and I, I would agree with that um i think we look at values as part of the discovery process along with just generally along with things you believe in and care about and enjoy um but then once you've got the purpose then we talk about principles as being the vehicle that brings them to life and we define principles as being the uh the values in action right essentially behaviors uh, how you show up in the world and how you want to hold yourself accountable to how you interact with other people. And that's what brings you, the purpose to life in terms of how you interact. The focus is what you're doing day to day to make it happen. And then you have some ambitions that lead towards whatever the amp- impact is you're looking to, you know, to drive towards. Because purpose on its own is like an idea, only powerful if you if you put it into action. Um, so with that as a kind of a thread, um, Mark, Mark, can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. So what share with us your purpose? My my personal purpose is to create opportunities that inspire people to go forward as the ultimate version themselves. So uh, a a slightly longer way of saying something pretty similar to yours. But but there's three there's three pieces to it for me. Right. So first piece is I love creating stuff, but being a doer as well, like. I love creating stuff, but ultimately I want it to to do something and I want it to do something that impacts other people. So there's a creating component to it. There's a connecting piece to it, which is connecting people to resources. That's either to other people to know how to our programs, like to whatever it is. And then there's an advanced side of it, which is advancing people forward. So for me, what sums up what brings out the best in me and the best impact I can have in the world, which would be the two things that we really look at for purpose, being your best and driving to impact, are creating things where I can bring people together, give them an opportunity to learn something that actually enables them to to advance forward, um, to be ultimate, you know, the ultimate version of themselves. So, so that's um, that's my personal purpose, and that's what I've essentially kind of brought as an extension of me through Purpose Fused. Um, but Purpose Fused purpose is to use use purpose to unlock people's potential. So that's um, that's a, li- a little bit more concise than what my personal one is, but I'm able to live my personal one through obviously through that through that vehicle. Um, and uh, so yeah, so th- thanks for asking. It's um, great. I um, you know I get to talk about that a lot with with people, obviously. Um, but I'm actually interested um, to to flip that back around um, to using a couple of examples that you might have of. Um, entrepreneurs or businesses that you've invested in that you feel had a very clearly defined purpose um from the beginning and were really able to to bring it to life just for just for people's um information i think because what we're still finding um in certain sectors is there's a perception of purpose still being a bit of a nice to have probably because people are thinking it a little bit still from a branding perspective and oh we need to be showing that we're doing some good and it's actually we say purposes about people it's it, it's all inside out it has to come from inside out reflect the individuals and the collective um sort of shared purpose within the organization and that is authentic and that's what that's what's going to drive some impact um so what are a couple of good examples of that that might sort of provide some some good context for other people when they're thinking about purpose within a, the context of the business. Great. Well, there's two that come to mind right away and, and I'll maybe, I'm sure there'll be more that pop up, but, um, cause they all have been, it's been kind of a requirement. 
The first one I'll talk to talk about is uh, Trevor Whitman. He's the founder and CEO of Onyx Sports. And Onyx is, uh, when you look at their site, they're one of the top brands in the MMA space for protective gear. And his purpose in life is to protect the athlete. And he's been in kind of combat sports his entire life. He was a boxer growing up as a young, young 16-year-old, got into coaching, and he's now been multiple times the coach of the year. Uh, He's got a fight coming up uh, at the UFC where he's – this is the first time ever. He only has, I think, three fighters. And all three fighters are fighting back-to-back in the ring in the main card in the UFC. Never happened before. And it's all because of his purpose. And it's his Mm. ability to say, this is what I'm focused on. It's about, and he calls it, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not how you've been born. It's how you get honed. It's like honing the athlete. And his whole promise to them with Onyx is we've got your back. And so all of their science and all their technology and all their manufacturing is about truly figuring out what's the best way to protect an athlete when they're training, when they're in, uh, when they're actually in a combat. But most of the injuries in, in combat sports are all in training. And so that's a great example. And if you ever meet Trevor, if you watch him, I think it's November 5th or something. If you watch him on that night, he'll be the coach with a big smile on his face. So he's not intimidating. He's, he's, the, he's the kindest soul, but he's, he's the most intelligent uh, coach out there and just an amazing human. And so somebody like that is we love backing people because they're so clear on it. Did he have all the business skills? No. Did he have like, had he had sold six companies before? No. Was he very clear about what he could do, his strengths? Did he think deeply about the problem set in his industry? Did he actually then create solutions that were going to address those problems 100%? So that's a good example. Um, Another example is uh, Chris Awatri. Chris is the founder and CEO of Dynepic. And Dynepic is a – it's a basically – without getting too much into it, think of it as a a training and marketplace for VR and AR. So think of – um, she just won a major, I can't go into the details, but a major contract with uh, the Air Force because their problem is, hey, we have to train all these amazing people on these really hard situational you know, situations. Um, on the flip side, we have all these content creators that can create new technologies, exponential technologies around VR or AR, which is augmented reality um, or other types of mixed reality. The problem is that I can't give all my people access to all that content and then protect their information and their privacy and kind of create this really interesting piece. Um, and her purpose is about that connection. It's about basically creating, you know, this elevating, you know, the human consciousness through training and distribution of content. And so all of a sudden you see her just, you know, winning contract over contract over the top big, you know, tech firms, because again, she has this dedicated focus and it's really around, you know, putting the oak on her shoulder saying, here's what we're doing. Um, so those are two examples of people that we've invested in. We truly believe in the entrepreneurs. Um, and again, were they the number one, you know, Silicon Valley startup guys? No. Are they the people we back? Yes. Um, I, I love that. And I, 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 what I love specifically about it is that it's, it's individuals that have brought their own um, really core purpose to life in, in a business setting but truly by saying, well, look, I know there's something in this. This can have impact. This makes a difference. This is a need. And I understand what the need is because these are the problems. And then they've, they've found enough 
Um, and obviously they've, they've got enough specialised knowledge in a particular area as well to move it forward. But then they've, they've found a community of other people like yourselves to, to, to really fill in some gaps and try to fuel it and take it to the next level. Um, and I, I guess if you were to look at the, in the, the, the other side of that, like what are some examples of, if you can think of any, um, of a founder that actually had a pretty inspirational purpose but for whatever reason, it didn't didn't come to fruition or wasn't quite successful from a business perspective. Um, if that's if you've got any examples on that, or if not, just generally, what would you think it is that that gets in the way or prevents you from being able to translate that purpose into something that can be commercially successful and therefore scale that impact um, that that you want to have? Yeah, so Mark, I would say two things. I gave you one example of an entrepreneur, I won't name her, um, who had a purpose that was not aligned with their business. And the yes. business was successful, but I didn't, I felt like there was a, I didn't feel like she was fully fulfilled. Like her life was not quite what it could have been because she wasn't really day in, day out, you know, spending her energy and her amazing, you know, power of execution in that purpose. And so that's an example. And, and there's others. Um, I've had plenty of people come to me with an idea like, hey, this thing's going to make a ton of money. Um, and, the, and when it's not aligned with their purpose, I question whether or not that entrepreneur will be able to have the staying power when it gets tough because every endeavor gets tough, right? The value of despair is, is real and it's different for every person, but it's, it gets tough in here, you know, in the arena, as they say. Um, and if it doesn't fully align, what's going to be the fuel and the motivation to keep you going and to survive and to, to will through it. So that's a kind of a key thing. Um, yeah, I think there's probably other examples, um, but I think that's where I would, I would, I would give you those two. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that we always talk about if you, you can look at anything in context of three, three A's, right? The first one is authenticity. So actually is this thing that I'm looking at over here truly authentic to actually what my purpose is? Firstly, the purpose has got to be authentic to you. <laughs> so therefore, to your values, you've got to have gone through a proper process. But does it just pass that gut test, right? Um, uh, secondly, is that it's got to be aligned. So if you were to draw a line from what my purpose looks like into my, my kind of vision or my dream in the future and from this other thing, do they actually, are they on a parallel course or are they both pointing, pointing in the same direction? Um, and then the third part is that does this thing actually enable me to advance my purpose forward um, so that I can dedicate a little bit of time to it every day? Because if not, again, without those three things, you kind of end up just spinning your wheels. Um, and it might be that you have a, an amazing philanthropic purpose. Um, and that's something that you really, truly dedicated to, which therefore doesn't need to align 100 percent to this bright, shiny commercial object over here. But what is important is that by doing that, you're, you're allowed to do this or you enable yourself to do this. And ideally, you can connect the dots so that they're, they're better aligned so that we, we look at it in a similar way. Yeah, so, um, so, so let me dig into that a little bit. So I think one of the people who find a purpose like mine, unleash the greatness of the people around me. Sometimes we find people then to be impatient. Like, OK, therefore, I have to find it. Like, what's that? Unleash the greatness of people around me dot com right? That's not a business. That's a purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that, that's, we call that the infinite game. Like that's never going to end. doesn't matter what I work on. And when I found that purpose, 
I just I looked at it, I said, well, I could be a teacher, I could be a coach, I could start another company, I could just I could stay home and be a dad. I mean, there's so many things I can do. This is awesome. What came up was to build Black Lab. That's a unique concept that fit my purpose. And then I can build a, a, a business and I can build a lifestyle and I can build, you know, a, a, even a fortune if I want to around that. But I find sometimes people get a little bit impatient saying, hey, I found, I think I know my purpose, like, but I can't figure out the business. And that's okay. Like, give it time. It took me nine months to figure out that connection, right? Yes. Like, let that germinate. Be curious about what that could be. Talk to people about it. And who knows what's going to show up? Yeah. And I think that's, I, I love the, um, I love the infinite game as a, um, as a quote around that, because we, that's exactly one of the things we say to everybody is that don't let your, your purpose statement can be uh, applicable to so many things. It can be somewhat generic. What's important is that it's inspirational and it's true to you and it's memorable and it's, it's relevant and it just reflects the best version of you in the world. Right. So if you fast forward to the end and look back and you've actually lived that, that statement that you'd be proud. Now, how do you want to do it? um we'll work out what are all the different things you can do first like what what are that there's loads of things you don't have to do all of them that's the point and to, to ultimately to bring it to life you've got to look at it in the context of all the other aspects of your life and you need to be able to do it in a way that you can still pay the bills and keep the basic kind of foundational needs in place but that you do enough of it that you can you know get to more of the the aspirational um, flow experiences and really sort of pushing yourself um, and, and ultimately just not sort of living your values. So, um, but the infinite game is a great way of looking at purpose in a vacuum because there's no, there's no point kind of having it in a vacuum because um, right. nothing happens to it. Right. Um, one actually we've got, we're actually we're speeding through here. Um, so I've got a couple, couple of other questions, but one thing you, um, you mentioned about this sort of, it gets tough, right. And I've always been interested in, the correlate the relationship between purpose and resilience um you, you mentioned about you know it provides a bit of fuel and a bit of motivation is that really what purpose's role is, is in helping people overcome challenges and get through um through hardships um or is there is there more to it do you think i mean i'll just take i'll steal from victor frankel here on this one right um once you understand your purpose it it, it provides both direction but also yeah that fuel you know, it doesn't matter the hardship. Uh, you believe what you're doing. You're going to do it, whatever it takes to get through it. Uh, you don't get distracted. Uh, it's like the swimmer, right? Like he doesn't just go around in circles. He's going towards whatever buoy he set up. Um, and in this story of Victor Frankl and the concentration camp, and he was going to write this book about, you know, understanding man's search for meaning and their purpose. And it doesn't matter even if your family gets killed. And it's like the book of Job. I mean, this has been written so many times. Yeah. That it is the thing, right? It doesn't matter what dialect or, or, or story you want to listen to. This is the story of us persevering during hardship. Um, I, I truly believe. Yeah, no, and yeah, that's um, a great example. And, and ultimately, the, the, the man's search for meaning is meaning, and it's finding meaning, and it's that meaning that can provide you with the direction and therefore the hope um, and the ultimately just the resilience to to not give up and to get there um which still has to be based upon your current reality which in his situation was was pretty dire right um right. but as long as it's grounded in reality and it's true to you and it's something you believe in then you know you don't give up on it um so that's i i agree similar similar kind of take on that um 
Uh, well, look, let's um, let's just let's um, dig in a little bit more to your purpose then, because it's the the infinite game of uh, of unleashing the greatness of people around you. So how how do you, how do you um, how do you look at that and if if you were to look at it in the way that we look at it um which is to break it down into kind of three pieces and we've already touched on this but i think it'd be helpful people to sort of um just to hear is if you were to break it down about you know what is you're passionate about which we would define as you know um what you really what you believe and we care about what you really enjoy doing um what's the impact you want to have in the world which we talk about on three dimensions me we and world so the impact on yourself, the impact on those you surround yourself with, which is all the people around you. Um, and therefore, there's a knock-on effect. So what's the, what's the broader effect in the world? Um, and then how have you actually brought that to life? Again, I think we know the answers, but if you were to summarise your purpose in those three words, either words or a sentence for each, passion, impact and application, how would you break it down? So no one's ever really asked me to like decode what unleashed greatness means. <laughs> So this will be interesting. I like it. I like it. I'm giving away the secret sauce, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know that we can all replicate so, it though. So I think you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. So I, I use the words unleashed greatness because for me, it's very inspirational, right? Those are the, those are the motivational words. What it really means is um, it's my passion about up-leveling consciousness and the people around me. And this is a, this is a, again, it's an infinite game. Like, where I was 10 years ago compared to where I was eight years, seven, six years ago, I'm a totally completely different person. Um, I say this to my wife all the time. I'm like, you know, we've been together now for, we'll be together for, uh, gosh, I shouldn't say this online, but uh, 30 years in, in next March, right? Um, and and what's amazing about that, I know, right? It's from dating, right? Uh, but what's amazing is we are completely different people than we were 30 years ago. I mean, it couldn't, couldn't be more different. And if you're not really curious about that and understanding that that's going to evolve, even your kids, right, from 2 to 6 to 12 to 8, minor 18 and 20 now, there's such different people. And so if you're not really curious about learning about that, that new relationship. So for me, this idea, this passion of watching people evolve and grow is, is really, um, I think that's really at the core of what Unleashing Greatness is, is like up-leveling consciousness. Um, when you talk about impact um, in those three things, uh, the me side is one of my core values is know thyself. And uh, ever since I understood that, it's been a roller coaster because it's like a rabbit hole. Like you go in and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. And then you're like, oh, wait, I really didn't get it at all. And you keep on going and learning more and more. So learning and growth and, you know, so now I'm a biohacker, you know, thanks to my, you know, tumor. Uh, I'm a avid reader of you know philosophy i hated philosophy in college like i couldn't even deal with it right um i you know i experiment you know i i do ceremonies i do plant medicine I, all these things are brand new to understanding more and more about me and i and then when it comes to the we that's our black lab ecosystem this is this venture ecosystem we have it's all the thinker doers come together whether you're an artist or entrepreneur investor special forces operator um athlete you know uh some kind of you know institutional researcher. So all these people coming together as a community to really help each other to kind of again just do that, evolve and grow. And so I learn a ton from my community, and then everything I learn and everything I practice on myself, I offer back out to the community. And it's all about up leveling that consciousness. Yeah. And then the world part is that what we believe is that when we get a million thinker doers as part of our community, um, it's going to help the entire species. 
you know, the companies we want to invest in, the kind of one of the key elements is we call it HPI, which is the human potential impact. So instead of a KPI, like a financial impact, we want to know how many humans will it impact. And so all the investments, we want to say, hey, can it impact a billion people in the next five years? And if the answer is yes, that's a really good starting point. So that's, we believe that these folks, these thinker-doers, focused on really hard problems with kind of a language and a growth mindset, a learning mindset about helping themselves and then our group, then obviously humanity. We think that's a really, that's kind of, that's the impact and the application that we want to apply. Yeah, love it. Oh, I love, I, given that you said you haven't been asked to break it down before, um, I love that it, it, it provides so much color to it, right? Because as you said, the, the statement in and of itself is, is inspirational. Um, how different people would go about it and how different people would define it obviously would be different. And there's not a, a ton of people on earth that would be bold enough to, to have that as a statement, right? But when you actually unpack it in that way, um, it gives it even more meaning. And um, the fact that you can have a sentence on can it impact a billion people as a starting point for looking at something um, really just shows, right, the, the type of impact that as a community that you guys can have and aspire to have, um, and I'm sure will have. And, um, you know, and I obviously look forward to, to, to being part of that and, and getting more involved myself um, as, a, as a Colorado implant now. So, um, so look, with, with all that said, um, JP, look, really um, just to impre- really appreciate your intentionality um, with everything that you're doing. It was great to hear, um, you know, some of the, the background and context of that just even, even in the last 10 years um and uh and and how you've been able to really just continue to learn and grow and apply um and deep dive into things that enable you to give back to so many other people that have this think of doing mindset and get stuff done so um i'm sure this is going to be really insightful and inspiration to to everyone that watches it and um just want to thank you again for your time yeah of course mark thanks for having me and you know again please do join you know be part of the community we have a really open door policy um, come take a look at our site or, or um, come to one of our events. And uh, yeah, love to you know, have you and meet any of your listeners. Brilliant. Thanks so much.